Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Good morning. This morning, we get to do something I love to do. It's one of my favorite things to do, besides baptisms and being here. There's a lot of things I like. It's all my favorite, right? Everything's my favorite. But really, I really enjoy doing child dedications, and we get to do some child dedications today. So it's, it's going to be a great time. So my wife's going to come up and help me uh, to present some things to these families and these kids. And, you know, child dedication, it's, it's, it's more... It's less us dedicating the child to God and more about the, us dedicating the parents to raise this kid in the way of the Lord. And also that dedication for the church to realize that we have a role in these kids' lives. Like we have a responsibility to, to show them, to, to, uh, to help the parents to raise these kids in that, that, that way. One day they will say yes to Jesus. And so today, that's what we're doing. We're dedicating these children to the Lord, but we're also dedicating the parents to the church and, and all of us to help to raise these kids in the way that they should go. And so uh, if, um, if your parents want to go and come up, Sarah and Amaya and, uh, and Jaden's parents, they're here. Huh? Oh, okay. She's in the bathroom. It's okay. We'll wait. We're good. We're good. Oh. Talk amongst yourselves. No, it's like no rush. Can't rush the little ones. No, it's good. Man, wasn't worship good? It was just so good to worship with you guys. And man, I love that song, the firm foundation. It is just a, such a sweet song. Because he won't fail us, never. He never fails us. And, uh, and so it's just it's going to be a good day today. First service was amazing. And I know God's not done yet. He didn't give it all to them. Praise God, there's lots left for you. And so it's going to be an amazing, an amazing day. And uh, so we'll go and get started. Well, is she coming? It's a, okay, we're good. We'll wait. Y'all are okay waiting, right? It's okay? All right, all right. So I'll make sure. I feel like I should be juggling or something while we're waiting. <laughs> I need some dad jokes. You got some dad jokes? I got a lot. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Now we're good. I will sing a song. You don't want me singing. No, I'm just Okay, that'll be good. Yeah. 
cross. There we go. They don't train you, they don't, they don't train you these things in, in ministry school. They don't, you know, <laughs> kids in the bathroom. That's not a course we take. But it's all good, man. It's all good. It's all good. We'll give her a couple more seconds before they come out. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. 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 It was good. Oh, Here he comes. There's, there he is. Come on, buddy. Jaden, Jaden. He's you embarrassed. Come on, bro. There we go. Come on, family. Hey. Like a celebrity now. You know that, right? Oh, that's good. So it's an honor to be able to dedicate these children to the Lord. And so what we, we do as a church is we give the parents some, some items, some little trinkets to remind them of the honor it is to raise kids because kids are a gift from God. And so we put in this little gift bag, all these things in this gift bag, because it's to remind them that kids are a gift. Like children are a gift from God. He has given you these kids to raise. He trusts you with them. That's a scary thought, isn't it? But he does trust you with these kids. And and to raise them in the way of the Lord, to raise them that one day they would say yes to Jesus. And that's why we're here as a church today. Psalm 127 says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. So I hope you realize that these kids are a gift from God. And, and the first gift we want to give you is a cross. This cross represents our faith. And our hope is that one day these kids would say yes to Jesus. It's a decision they have to make on their own. Their parents can't make them for them. Uh, their grandparents can't make them for them. They have to say yes to Jesus at some point in their life. And our hope is that as we give them a foundation to build their lives upon, that one day they will, it will be an easy yes. It won't be hard because mom and dad and the parents didn't do a good job raising God or, or showing Jesus, but that they saw the example through their family, that they saw their example through their church that they went to. And it's an easy yes because they say that Jesus is Lord because... He's, he's good to us. And we give them this cross to remind that this, they're giving this, basically, our kids to the Lord. And Hannah gave Samuel back to the Lord. And the passage here is Samuel 1.27. She says, I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I asked for. So now I give him, this is Samuel, back to the Lord. For his whole life, he will be given over to the Lord. And our hope as a parent, there's no greater hope as a parent for your kids to be used by the Lord in a powerful way. It doesn't always mean they're in the church ministry, but it does mean that they are using and, and chasing after what they're created for, that they're chasing the destiny that God has made them for. And so our hope is that one day they will say yes to Jesus and walk into that destiny. And this cross is a reminder that we are to carry our faith with us wherever we go so our kids may see it. And so parents, I want to ask you this. Do you accept the responsibility to pray for your kids, to love them, to show them Jesus wherever you go. It's yes. good. It's good. And then with Plato. You know, the thing I like about Plato is it's so easy to mold, right? Especially when you pull it right out the first time. It's easy to manipulate. It's easy to, uh, to form into whatever you want it to be. And kids at this age, they're very formative, right? They can be, they're, they're moldable until they hit teenage years and then they're hard, right? And see, and that's what happens when we're left out in the elements and just like Plato is left out in the air, it becomes hard. And whatever you molded it to before is what it tends to stick to. 
And so our hope is that our kids will, will be molded up into the Lord. And then when life gets hard, that they're already molded and fitted in Jesus Christ and that the world doesn't bend them and the world doesn't mold them into their pattern. And so as a church, we have a responsibility to mold these kids and to show them Jesus. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. That's that moldable part. Train them while you have them. And so family, do you promise to help mold these kids into what God wants them to be, to pray for them, to love them as Christ loves you? That's good. And then the last thing we give them is a coin. And really, this is a remembrance for them to remind that they are part of a church because children are treasure. Children are treasure. They're worth more than gold. They're valuable. Matthew 6, 19 says, Do not store your treasures here on earth where moss and eat, moss eat them and rust destroys and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moss and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there your desires of your heart will be also. The treasures of the church are children. Because not only do they represent the next generation like in our community culture, but they also represent the next generation in the church, the ones that are going to carry on the gospel, the ones that are going to make a difference. I don't know what God has in store for these kids, but I know if they're walking in his purpose, walking in his design, they're going to do great things. And that's what we as a church want for our children, that they walk in his purpose, walk in his design, and that they understand who they are in him. And so church, this is our charge. Do we, as a church, take up the responsibility to pray for these parents, to pray for these guardians, to pray for these kids, to raise them, to show them, to be a help, to serve the families, so that one day these kids would say yes to Jesus? Yes. Yes. So we say yes. Very good. Very good. So I want to bless them with this blessing. It's from Psalm 59, 13 through 18. It's, it's really David in awe of who God created him to be. And, and this blessing is very familiar. You've probably heard it before, but it's a blessing over these kids and we want to bless them. So church, we just stretch your hand out. We're going to bless them with this, with this Psalm. Father, thank you that you formed these kids. Their inward most parts, you knitted them together in their mother's womb. We praise you, Lord, because they are fearfully and wonderfully made. How wonderful are your works. Let their souls know it well. Their frame was not hidden from you when they were being made in the secret place and intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw their unformed substances. In the book of your life, in the book, in your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for them. Yet as none of yet, yet there was none of them. How precious are your thoughts of them, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If they would count them, they are more than the sand. So, Father, we pray that these kids every day awake and know that you are always with them, that your presence chases them, and that your glory is around them and your protection is on them. Lord, we pray that you would use them mightily for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We also have... Uh, some cards. You're going to give these cards to your kids when they turn 13. So you got to hold on to them. It's basically a letter asking them about Jesus, because at that point, hopefully they've already made that decision. Like I'm going to follow Jesus. But at that point, if they have not, there's a challenge for them to go talk to their parents, talk to their guardians about Jesus and about this day. 
because the letter says, on this day, we put you in front of the church. We dedicated you. We committed to you. The family committed to you. It's just a reminder of who God is. We also put that prayer in there for your kids. So this is for Amaya, and this is for Mr. Jaden. And when they turn 13, they'll get this, and here's the gift for you guys to remember that. And when you give that, Mm -hmm. oh, you already did. Mm -hmm. God bless you guys. Thank you for coming. Love you guys. Hey, buddy. Thank you. I can take as long as I want today because the Cowboys are out. <laughs> Nobody's in a hurry, right? I'm just kidding. That's sore subject for some people. Sorry. You should be used to getting like disappointed. That's good. Yeah, I know. You're right. Always a glimmer of hope. So while he said, I, I want to just remind you, we are in a new in a series that we've been on, going on since January, uh, entitled the Jesus Series, because really, what else do we need to know, right? And we felt like going into this year, we need to get reacquainted with Jesus, who he was, what he's done for us, and what he wants to do through us. And we've been diving into Isaiah 53, because there's no greater example on Isaiah 53 of who Jesus is, what he's done, and what he wants to do through us. Isaiah 53 is also known as the fifth gospel because it's so laser focused on who Jesus is, what he's done and what he wants to do through us. And so it's been a great joy walking through this with you guys. I mean, it's been amazing. And, and even as I'm digging in to give to you guys, I'm finding myself a renewed passion for the word of God, a renewed passion for Jesus and who he is and what he's done in my life. And I'm so thankful. I just stand here in gratitude for what God has done. It's amazing to see what God's done through you and just to see what God's done in this church and just the stories I hear every day about God doing amazing things in you, it's so encouraging. And I know that he's not done yet. This is the beginning. And God has amazing things in store for us. Amen. Yes. Amen. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to start off with the reading of the word. And then I'm going to get into the message because today is a heavy topic, literally. Like you came in carrying things today. I talked about this last week a little bit. But you came in carrying things today that you don't need to carry. You came in carrying things today that's not yours to carry. And you came in today not even knowing where to take the things that you're you're holding. You don't even know why you're carrying these things. There's a heaviness on you. There's something in you. There's something holding you back, and you're not sure what it is. And today I pray that by the end of this message, you find out what it is and how to give it back to Jesus because he wants it. He wants to take it from you. He wants to carry it for you. He wants to do something amazing in your life if you just let him. Amen. So we're going to read the word together. Let's stand. And so this is what's how we do that. been doing this. We're getting better at it. We're getting better, but it's, it's good. It's still a little rough sometimes, but it's good. So what I'm going to do is we're going to read Isaiah 52, uh, 13, all the way through Isaiah 53, the whole chapter. And so to make this a little easier, I'm going to read the odd verses. You're going to read the even verses, odd, even. All right. And so let me get my Bible out here and turn to it real quick. And then I will read the odd. You'll read the even. Here we go. You ready? Okay, one person's ready. We're good. (laughs) See, my servant will prosper. He will be highly exalted. (laughs) 
and he will startle many nations. Kings will stand speechless in his presence, for they will see what they had not been told, and they will understand what they have not heard about. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before the shears, he did not open his mouth. He had done no wrong and had never deceived anyone, but he was buried like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous and for all, for he will bear all of their sins. Amen. Thank you for the word. You may read. You sit. Take a good long look at you guys before we get into this, because it's good. Thank you. Oh, thanks. This passage uh, was very frustrating when I was trying to get the message together for it. It's very frustrating because the words in this passage um, are, are many. Like the meanings of these words, there's so many different meanings. That's why when you look at different translations of this one passage of Zia 53, 4 through 5, you see it worded differently in almost every translation that you may open up to. And the reason is, is because these, these words that Isaiah is using describes, a, describes pain and sorrow. How hard is it to describe pain? Maybe you've been sick and you go to the doctor and they're like, well, what kind of pain is it? And you're like, ah, what do you mean? He's like, is it a piercing pain? Is it a throbbing pain? Is it, you know, and so you're trying to describe the pain to them and it's hard for you to describe it. All you know is it hurts. 
And so Isaiah is basically saying here, like, there's a pain, there's a sorrow that's hard to understand and hard for us to grasp, but Jesus carried it. Jesus took it. Jesus put it on himself and he carried it for all of us. So to understand these words a little different, we're going to take a look at the Hebrew and what those words mean, and then we're going to open it back up and dive deep into this message of Isaiah. So Isaiah 53, 4 says, it was our weakness he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. This word for weakness in the Hebrew is holy. Not holy, but holy. It means like an illness, a sickness, a wound, an injury. It's the result of a blow or a hit. It's an affliction. It's a trouble. So it's, it's hard to describe all in one word what that is. And the other word sorrows here is, is makov. It means, it means pain, physical pain of the body, anguish, grief, mental suffering. It's an inner anguish, an emotional anguish. It's a figurative extension of a physical pain in our body. And so he, Isaiah is saying these pains are so bad, like it's hard to, to describe exactly what they are. And so the translators have a really hard time with these words because how do you describe pain? How do you, how do you define it in a certain way? And so in Isaiah 53, we read in the ESV, they translate it this way. Surely he has borne our griefs. He used the word griefs instead of weaknesses. And carried our sorrows, same word. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. Isaiah 53 in the Young's literal translation says this, surely our sickness, so word for weakness, sickness, he hath borne and our pains, instead of sorrows, use the word pains, he hath carried. And we, we have esteemed him plagued, smitten by God and afflicted. The New International Version says, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. And I love the way that Eugene Peterson puts it in his translation of the message. He, he paraphrases it this way, and I think he's got it dead on because he says this. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements. All the things wrong with us. Isaiah is saying, Jesus took all the things wrong with us. He carried it. He put it on himself. He bore it. He carried it to the cross and he got done with it once and for all. He took the outer pain. He took the inner pain. He took everything wrong with us, our diseases, our weakness, our sorrows, our griefs. He put it on himself and he took it to the cross and he's done with it. And so I want to ask you today, why do you want to carry these things? Because I don't think we come in wanting to carry these things, but we do carry them. We, we carry our sorrows. We carry our griefs. We, we carry all the things inwardly that tend to weigh us down. But then there's also physical things with us that, that, that we carry that weigh us down, that keep us from running the race that we're supposed to run. Jesus came to take all of those things. Jesus is the one who carries it all. The questions we ask is, who is Jesus? He's, a, he's the one that carries it. He's the one who wants to take it. He's the one that wants to get the things off of our back and let us run in freedom. But so often we don't know how to let him do that. We don't know how to let Jesus be the Lord of our life. We don't trust him with the things that we give him. And so we keep on to them and we keep holding them and we keep 
letting those things weigh us down. But Jesus wants to take it up. He wants it, but we fail to give it to him. He's the one that takes our burdens. I love the gospel writer, Matthew. Matthew writes this story about Jesus walking in to Peter's, Peter's house, heals his mother-in-law, heals all these people. And then the, the writer, Matthew, the gospel writer, actually goes back to this passage in Isaiah to explain what just happened. And so we're going to look at this passage and we're going to open up what Jesus is really doing and what he's done for us. Isaiah 8, 14 says this. When Jesus entered Peter's house, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick with a fever. He touched her hand. We're going to focus on that. He touched her hand and the fever left her. And she arose and began to serve him. That evening, they brought to him many who were oppressed by demons. He cast out the spirits with a word. So he touched and he spoke and things happened. And all who were sick were healed. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. This is the passage. He took our illnesses and bore our diseases. Jesus took our illness and he bore, he carried our diseases. It means he healed the outer part of us. He wants to heal the inner part of us. He wants to take it all. He wants you to give it to him all. I love this story. Jesus walks in, his, Peter's mother-in-law is sick. What's he do? He walks down to her. He takes her hand. I'm taking my wife's hand. Gently heals her. There's something about a touch that brings healing, isn't it? There's something about a physical touch that brings healing. Jesus was gentle. He had compassion. He touched her physically and she got up and she was healed and she was, her sickness was gone. I don't know about you, but when Jesus touches me, I, I haven't physically had him come down and touch me, but I've had him touch me. I know I was touched by him because when he does, there's a peace that comes over me. There's a calm that comes over me. All the things I'm carrying, he's like, give me that. This is what Jesus was doing when he walked in to Peter's mother-in-law. He, he took her hand and said, give me that. I want that. I can take that from you. Give me that. I, I, just give it to me. You don't need to be sick. And I love her response because this should be our response. When Jesus touches you, when Jesus frees you, when Jesus takes something out of your life, our immediate response is get up, do something about it, and serve him. I don't know about, you know, when, when people are touched and set free from Jesus, you know, when Jesus sets them free, the response should be to get up and to serve him. How can I thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me? I can serve you. What can I do for you? You set me free. You heal my, you heal my, you heal my body. What can I, I'm going to cook you supper because I'm sure that's what she did. She gets up and she immediately starts to serve Jesus. Immediately. And then notice what else, what else happens there. She's healed. She gets up, starts serving, and everybody in the house is like, Jesus is healing people. What do we need to do? We need to get other people here. So it says they went out. It says they. Who's they? It's the people in the house, the people that saw the miracle, the people that saw what just happened. Like Jesus is healing. We got to get people in here because they need healing. And so they go out and they start dragging people in. 
Like Jesus is here. I, I know someone that can take that away. I know someone that can heal you. I know someone that can carry your burdens. And they grab them and they take them to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus does what? He speaks to the demons and they flee. He touches the sick and they're healed. And as our response as believers should be that. We know the one that can carry all of our pain. We know the one that can carry all of our sorrows. We know the one that can carry all of our diseases. All the things that are wrong with us. We know who can do that. But first we have to go to him and let him have them. And as believers, our response should be that. There's something wrong. There's something, you're, you, you, there's a heaviness on you. My response as a believer is to go talk to that person and bring them to the one that can take it off of them. The one that can heal, the one that can speak life into their life. But so often we're afraid to go and engage people or we're just passively say, well, you know, I know you're in trouble. I know you're having a hard time, but I'm just going to pray for you, brother. I'm just going to pray for you. And you leave it at that. You don't even pray for them. You just say you're going to, but you don't. There's, there's, there's people that are hurting. There's people that, are, that just need a touch from God. There's people that are carrying heavy burdens that they're so weak and they're so tired, they can't move forward and they don't know how. They want to, but the weight of life is just so difficult. Ugh. But the problem is, as believers... When people come to us with their weight and their problem and their pain, what do we do? Instead of praying for them, setting them free and sending them to Jesus, we talk about our pain. We talk about our problems. Like, you got problems? I got problems. You got pain? I got pain. You got sorrow? I got sorrow. You know, somebody we listen to at the men's group a lot is Dan Moeller, and he talks about how believers are. It says, too often when you meet a believer, you ask them how they're doing. Man, I'm just trying to get by, man. I'm trying to get by. I've, I know God's got it, but I'm trying to get by. That's not the Christian life. That's not, that's not what Jesus wants us to do. And then we share our top 10 list of things that are going wrong in our life. Instead of, man, Jesus has got this. I know where to get that off of you. I know where to, where to send you to get freedom. But you want to carry this stuff around. And so many of us, even believers, man, I'm, I'm just going to poke at you a little bit today. Is it okay? So many believers carry the weight around like a trophy. And I'm just feel sorry for me. But Jesus doesn't want you to feel that way. He wants to take it off of you. He wants you to run in freedom and to walk in all that he has for you. Not to be heavy burdened, not to be tired and wore out and barely getting by. He wants you to run the race. You can't run if you're weighed down. You got to give it to him. You got to release it. You got to drop it at his feet. Say, Lord, this is super heavy. You got to take it. I can't carry it anymore. But we don't trust him with it. We don't trust him with it because here's what I found out about me. And I'm just telling you the truth. I'll lay it down at his feet. I'm like, Lord, here it is. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And then the next day I'm waking up, I'm like, man. Ugh. We pick it back up. You know how we pick it back up? Because when we pray for God to do something about it, we don't just leave it with him. 
we keep talking circles about how bad it is, what's going on in my life, why, why God's not changing the situation instead of praising God and ahead of time saying, you know what, God, I know you've taken care of that. I know you're going to deal with that. I know you're, gonna, you're working in that situation. Thank you, God. I'm praising you. I'm, I'm praying now. Praise instead of praying petition. I'm saying, God, I know that you've taken care of that. And I'm going to praise you ahead of the miracle. I've laid it at your feet and I know I've given it to you. I trust you with it. But so often we pick it back up. And we, God, take this from me. Take this from me. It's like, you already did. Why'd you pick it back up? But we pick it back up, don't we? He says, put it down. Put it down, believer. Put it down. So many people are just weighed down with the weight of life weighed down with burdens that they shouldn't have to carry. The inside of us, the outside of us. I love how Jesus deals with us in our inner pain. Because we all have inner pain. We all have spiritual oppression that comes in our souls. What's he do? He speaks to it. He touches us physically. He gives us comfort. But then he speaks to the demonic. He speaks to the oppression he removes it by a simple word, his word. I don't know about you, but when somebody speaks life over me and it seeps down into my soul, there's something that starts to stir. And there's something that starts to, to permeate my being. And I'm like, oh, that just brought life to me. And that's what Jesus does for you. He speaks straight into your soul and he brings life and it starts to stir up and bubble up into a fountain. A river of life. Is that, did he say something about that? Like, I'm going to put a river of life in you? Where's the river? Where's the river? He's putting it in you. It's going to bubble up out of your mouth. And what's going to come out? A river of life, not a river of death, a river of life. That's what he wants to give to you. If you just give him the things that he came to carry. He came to carry it. He came to take it. He wants it. You just got to give it to him. But so many of us fail to give it to him because we don't trust him. We don't think he can handle it. We don't think he knows what's best. But you got to handle it off. You got to give it off. And sometimes we need help handing it off. Because I don't know about you, but when I'm sick, everybody's got advice. I mean, you're not like that. I mean, some of you gave me advice. I was sick last week. It was, I was really bad. And people were handing me, like, prescription, not prescription. I said that first service. I'm like, no, I can't say that. I'll get arrested. Uh, Over-the-counter medicine. I'm like, man, this works for me when I got a cold. You know what you need? You need to do this, mix this, stand upside down on your head for five seconds and count to ten. Hold your breath until you pass out, you know. You do all these things, and then you're going to feel better. We have all these methods, right, to, to, to handle the symptoms of our life. And we tell people that because they, it's somehow worked for us. Right? There's a big joke at our house when our kids are sick. It's like, go sit outside, go sit on the toilet and go drink some water. You're good. Right? <laughs> so we got advice for people because it's somehow it's worked for us. And so we tell other people, man, this worked for me when I was sick. But as believers, we need to be like, you know what worked for me? I gave everything to Jesus and Jesus took it away. And I know someone that can come take that off your back and, and and get you to where you need to be. He can take that. He wants that. If you just give it to him. That's the remedy. 
That's the cure. And, I, and that's why it's so important for us as believers to come together because sometimes we need help taking that off our back. That's why men's and women's group is so powerful. And that's why youth group, man, the things that's going on here with the men and women and, and youth is just amazing. We're learning together. We're growing together. We're, we're, we're showing like love to each other. We're carrying each other's burdens. We're bringing them to Jesus and leaving them at his feet. And I'm telling you, as believers, sometimes people will give you things because you're the only spiritual person they know. And the problem is we kind of keep them right here. I got to keep praying for this person. I got to keep praying for this. And then they're not doing any better. Then you feel responsible because they're not doing any better. I'm not praying loud enough. I'm not praying hard enough. Maybe if I just speak in, you know, pray in tongues more, maybe they'll be healed. Maybe this will happen. Maybe this will happen for their life. And the problem is we take responsibility for the for things that's something that God wants to take responsibility for. And, and when they're not getting healed or when they're not seeing a breakthrough and miracles aren't happening in their life, we're like, oh, my prayers must not work. The problem with that is we're being Jesus to them. We're not their savior. We're not their Messiah. He is. You know what they're doing? They're saying, here, take this. I don't know what to do with it. And you're like, yeah, I knew. I don't know what to do with it. You're Jesus. That's all we got to do as believers. We are these ministers of reconciliation. It's a beautiful thing. It's an honor to be able to do that. He wants to take the weight of life off our hands. The inside weight and the outside weight of life that comes at us. He carried it to the cross. I love what 1 Peter 2.24 says. He, meaning Jesus, personally, personally. That means he came personally to carry your sins in his body on the cross. He carried it personally. He wants to personally take your stuff and lay it on the cross. So that. Why? Why did Jesus do what he came to do? So that we could be dead to sin. Dead to it. You have no power over me, sin. You have no authority over my life. I don't have to do what you say when it comes into my thought life. I can shut it out because I am dead to that. I am dead to sin through Christ Jesus. And not only are you dead to sin, you're alive to do what is right. Alive to righteousness. You die to sin and you live alive to righteousness. Meaning everything I do brings glory to God. Everything about me brings glory to God. Everything, everything in my life is to serve Jesus now. It's not to serve myself or my selfishness, but it's to serve Jesus. That's why he took it. I want you to run the race. I, I want you to be who I created you to be. That stuff's keeping you from being who I created you to be. Give it to me. I want it. And I want you to run free. Because here's how it happens. By his wounds, you are healed. You're healed. You're set free completely. All the things wrong with you, he takes up. He puts it on himself. He walks to the cross. And he dies to it. And you die to it with him. And you're born into new life. So what's it going to take today? 
I get the worship team to come up. What's it going to take today? And the ministry team. For you to lay this down. For you to take your pain, your sorrows, your weakness, the things that's keeping you from following Jesus with your whole heart. When are you going to lay them down at the feet of Jesus? When are you going to go to the cross and lay it down? I know you can't see over here because the light's off. But Jesus wants your stuff. You know why? Because it's his stuff. It's not your stuff. It's his stuff, and he wants his stuff back. Give him his stuff. He wants it. He wants your pain, your grief, your sorrow. This is really zipped up good. The weight of life, sickness, your children. He wants that. You've been carrying these kids for far too long. They're not yours to carry. They're yours to care for. They're not yours to carry. He wants to carry them. Your finances, they're not yours to care. I mean, you got to take care of them. You got to be a good steward. But he gives the birds of the air whatever they need. You don't trust him with that? Drop it. What else do we have in here? Oh, our sickness, our disease. We don't trust that he's going to heal us, but he wants to. Give it to him. Your relationships, it's a heavy one. I can't trust you with my relationships. I got to make it right. I got to do all the things. I have to be, I have to carry my relationship with my spouse, with my kids, with my coworkers. Jesus is like, give that to me. That's mine. It's not yours. Stop carrying it. Your anxieties, your depression, all the inner part, the turmoil, the turmoil that's in your life. The enemy has an open door in your life because of that. And he's wreaking havoc in your souls because you won't give it to Jesus. And when you give that to Jesus, he's saying, let me carry that. Let me heal you. Let me close that up. Let me bring new life into you. Let me fill you with the spirit so that you may walk and not grow where you may run and not grow faint. You may rise up on wings like eagles. Give that to me. In fact, give me your life. He wants it all. See, the problem is we don't want to give him that because we don't know what it's going to look like. I'm telling you what it's going to look like. Absolute freedom. Absolute freedom. Joy that you've never had before. Peace that you can't explain. As you surrender things over to him, he's the Lord of it now. He's a good Lord. He's a good Lord. He wants you to walk in freedom. If you just give him your stuff, give him all the things wrong with you. And you know what? The best thing about Jesus is he wants the small stuff too. He cares about the little things. Your day at work. <laughs> he cares about everything. What you're going to eat. Give him your stuff. Give him all of it. Even the little stuff. Like, ah, Jesus, you know, I got that. No, you don't. Give it to him. So much better when he has it. 
Give him your little stuff. He cares about the little things, guys. There's things in your life you're carrying that are even small. I'm telling you, a lot of the little things weigh a lot. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. Let him heal you. Let him bring you life. Let him do a work in your life today. So this is how we're going to close this morning. Give him your weakness. Give him your sorrows. Give him your griefs. Give him your disease. Give him your sickness. Give him your pain. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says this, come to me, as Jesus is saying, all who are you weary and carry heavy burdens, for I will give you rest. Drop that, pick up this. Drop that, pick up me. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear and my burden I give to you as light. You're like, what's a yoke? I'm going to explain this in in the message translation because it opens it up well. He says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. It's good. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Walk with Jesus. He can carry it. He carried the cross. He can carry you. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this way. If you need prayer for anything, if you need to lay something down at the feet of Jesus, I want you to come talk to one of these ministry uh, team members. They love you. They want to help you. It could be something big. could be something small. Lay it at the feet of Jesus. They're going to pray with you. They're going to help you walk through it. They're going to help you drop it. They're going to speak life over you. It's a safe place. So would you stand with me? I'm going to pray. They're going to lead us in a song. They're going to give the Lord time to do what the Lord does. Because he can do a whole lot more than I can. So, Father, I thank you for everyone in this building today. God, I thank you for all those watching online today. Lord, I pray that they would drop the things that you carried. That they lay it at your feet. That they say, Lord, I don't want to carry this anymore. It's too heavy. I can't handle it. It's wrecking my life. It's destroying my marriage. My kids are running wild because I'm carrying things I shouldn't be carried. And God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just set them free. And they would drop it at your feet. In Jesus' name. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you draw everybody up that needs prayer right now to get prayer. If you need prayer for healing, prayer for anything, come up, get prayer. Let God touch your life. Let him put it. Let us put our hand on your hand gently, just like Jesus, and heal you. We will speak words over your life just like Jesus. That's what he wants us to do this morning. So come, come all who need it, in Jesus' name, amen.